I think if you haven't watched Les Miserables, uh, that's, you know, you haven't been to theater yet. Let's just say, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think Miss Saigon uh, mm. would be good for a proscenium. I'd like it to be an arena. Some, some will say that's, that's impossible. Welcome to the newest episode of Teal, yeah, Talk to You Literature Podcast. And in this episode, um, we will talk and we will discuss further about drama, about theater, about play. And in this episode, um, I will be accompanied by a stage director, um, whom I... Uh, and here we have Mr. Jason. Well... I used to watch his production, his drama in my sister's school's drama production, and now I would like to ask several questions for him. Uh, to him, hello, Mr. Jason. Hello, hello. Good, uh, uh, good afternoon, good morning, or good evening to your viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when you're going to show this, but yes. I think that would be up to them <laughs> when they want All to right. access this video. Okay. All How right, are you doing? You. Good, good. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay, so how is the working from home situation um, with well, you? Well, you know how it is. <laughs> We're all stuck in in our own places for uh, for a long time, but uh, we're we're managing. We're managing. It would be good to have uh, students in front of us, but yeah, it's better that we're safe than sorry. <laughs> okay then. Okay, Mr. Jason. I think well. I would like to start this, yeah, uh, well, what, mini interview <laughs> with, a, right. well, with a question. I, I think it's quite cliche, but if you don't mind, why why drama? Why why theater? Why, why is it so, what, make you intrigued to it? Okay. Well, uh, because I come from the Philippines, um, our culture there is very open to the arts. Um, and um, it's it's part of our our cultural blood, if if I could say it that way, that uh, most kids um, sing or dance or are expected to perform in some way. You know, in family gatherings, uh, you will have the children coming up, and then the aunties and uncles will start saying, "Hey, why don't you sing for us? Or why don't you dance something for us?" You know, it's so everybody is like. kind of required to come up with some performance so um, even from young um, I was exposed to that and of course in school there were several opportunities to be part of productions and in one production um, I was able to join a uh, what you would say a more professional one even though Mm -hmm. when I was young so when I saw how actors prepared themselves and uh, got themselves ready I felt that the, it was really cool you know it was it was very inspiring to see all the other people around me older so I had models um, performing especially uh, my brother who was also a like a, a, one of the main stars of the production so that started my love for the theater and then I just kept on doing it until 
yeah, until I eventually had so many productions. Yeah. Wow. Okay, and perhaps I would like to continue um, on, um, if you don't mind, by getting your thoughts on um, what actually a director do in in a production. I think. Uh, compared to in a movie, does it have any differences or perhaps similarities that perhaps people do not know? Well, um, the main function of a director, even though in uh, even even in movies, is to provide vision, is to provide everyone a big picture view of how a production should be. Now, of course, the technical aspect of it and the nitty gritty of it will be different. Yeah. Um, so uh, it is on, upon the director's shoulders how uh, a show should be staged or a show should be filmed. And um, everybody else in the production would have to realize the dream or the, the idea that's, that's inside the director's head. So every actor will pick their cue from the director, every cameraman, every light man, every stage uh, prop maker will take their cue from what the director is thinking. And it's basically, if, if we would compare this to an artist and his painting, the, the, the director is the artist, uh, the canvas is the stage or film, all the colors and the brushes are the actors and the stage people and everybody else, you know. So, so that's uh, what it is. And then, um, since as you have mentioned before, there are so many things that you have to concentrate on, so so many relationships that you have to manage. And then, mm -hmm. how do you really focus on what will be like the maximum impact in the production? Like, because you have to control a lot of things, right? And then, is, is there a way to focus well, on one thing, so mm -hmm. one or two things? Well, most, unless you have a lot of funding, <laughs> the the director is normally alone in a lot of things. Yeah, you're you're multitasked. Yeah, uh, but if you do have funding enough to have more people, um, most productions, even in movies you would have two two areas you have the production staff and then you have the artistic group the artistic staff um, these two groups uh, have their own functions but the director uh, like what i said provides the, the the vision or the direction for all these two groups so anything that is about finances about logistics about the practical side of things will be handled by the production staff. So the director as an artist is free to think and imagine and create. So if I want this, I'll tell the production staff and then they will, they'll try their best to make it happen, right? So that part is, is given to a production crew. Yeah, it's solved, right? So all the rest for the director, in, in, in theater, you have lights, sound, they're under a technical team, all the special effects uh, and so on. But um, these people are under a stage manager. The stage manager is like your right hand, the director's right hand. In bigger productions, um, the artistic director should be absolutely free to just imagine and um, communicate with actors. Okay, So all the rest like, uh, the 
stage props, how do we light these uh, parts of the stage, all these are under the stage manager. Because unlike the unlike in the movies, in theater, the director's job is from the uh, the start of the rehearsals up to, of course, the last dress rehearsal. When they are on stage, the stage manager becomes the boss. The director sits down in the theater and watches uh, the work happen. Right, the whole thing. So as a director, if, if everything is ideal, you have enough money to run the thing and you have enough money to have people to help you out uh, or at least volunteers who would help you out, then uh, you, don't, uh, you don't worry so much about everything and everything else. Yeah. You have to have a whole crew. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think that's true. So once you get fully supported, then you can be so like, creative and be like, exactly. just yeah, yeah, just just uh, put it on Free, action yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then, exactly. well, you mentioned before about stage director. Uh, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. stage manager as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, mm-hmm. um, does he or she helps you in determining what kind of stage you wanna use? Like we know in um, theater, there are several types of stage, like dress mm-hmm. stage, arena stage. Like, is is, is that under your um, power to choose one or? Oh, of course, of course. Um, well, uh, at the preliminary talks where you talk with the producer the guy who's going to fund everything um, they would normally tell you where the production would be right so uh, another another one who would control the idea or is influential to the idea is the scriptwriter now if the scriptwriter intentionally created the script for a proscenium stage or a thrust stage or an arena um, then the, the director would have to give life to that idea okay from the uh, from the script okay so those two people would influence the uh, choices of the director yeah but do they consider um, what the director will say what kind of stage of course yeah let's just say uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Miss Saigon uh, would be good for a proscenium. I'd like it to be an arena. Some some will say that's that's impossible because in Miss Saigon you'll have a helicopter, right? Yeah. <laughs> and normally you need a proscenium. A proscenium to, to those who don't know what a proscenium is, it it's it's a recessed stage. It's it's behind a a an arch where you have a curtain. That's normally the stage that you have. Uh, in many many places, like Gedung Kesenian Jakarta, that's a proscenium stage. I think the Chiputra Theater also is a proscenium yeah, stage. Um, yeah, so there there there's a curtain that can cover things. So when you have all these special effects, you can hide them at the back or behind yeah. these these uh, arches or the, in their side stage yeah, with your with your curtains. Now the arena, on the other hand, is that every all the audience is just around you. There's nothing, so uh, the set normally is very minimal. There's nothing much because it's gonna block the view of people uh, around you or behind you. So, uh, yes, the director can change the whole idea um, because he's the director, right? But there are two people who will basically tell him, 
um, you're nuts <laughs> or that's impossible or it's too expensive or you know all these things so it, it's really a collaborative uh, thing not just one person's idea yeah. ah, I see okay then so mm-hmm. that was um, more or less about the technical things and now I would like to ask um, your opinion and um, in when you are what approaching the actor like um What I want to know is how, how how do you choose one like as the director? How, how? Oh, casting? Yes, um, <laughs> it's one of the most challenging ones, especially. Well, if it's if it's a professional production, where professional actors come in, um, or or at least older guys, yeah, not children, or not teenagers, um, it's easier because they audition for the part. And they know it's easier on them emotionally to accept a yes or a no, is it? Yeah. A yes or a no. When you deal with children and teenagers, the the no becomes a little more challenging because it might break their heart. <laughs> or you give them a, a a role that they don't really. They were aiming for, let's say, they were aiming for Princess Jasmine in Aladdin, <laughs> yeah. yes. but they were given the role of the assistant, right? <laughs> So there will be some kids who will be, uh, they want to quit or they they don't want to be there anymore and so on. So uh, though that's the challenge for a casting uh, person, it would be mainly really looking at the script and trying to fit the car the the person with the character in the script. Okay. Um, initially, uh, you'd. Uh, try to look for if it's a musical then it's range first talent first right if the if the student can't really sing it sing the, the part it's very difficult to to realize the character right um, and then of course the the overall charisma of the character though they may not really look the part um, they should approximate the part or else the chemistry And the whole idea of the show becomes a little off because the characters don't appear the way they're supposed to be. Now that becomes a little bit tricky because some people will think mm, you're a bit discriminatory right? or something like that, right? But if the script says old man in his 50s, tall, or and so on and so forth, of course you can't cast that person in that character. So you really have to match the car- the the person. The actor with the character as much as as you can. So the choices are difficult, but you just have to do it that way. And then, um, in your experience, yeah, um, was there any uh, event or there was any type of change that you need to change or the condition make you uh, need to change the actor like along the way the production? Would that be possible? Like- yes, of course. There are times that it's like that. Um, uh, unforeseen, yeah? Unforeseen, like the, the, the actor got sick or has to leave the country or uh, the parents just suddenly said, nope, no more. Because yeah. the, the, the rehearsals were just too many. <laughs> so they yeah. say, no more, you're not going to be part of that thing anymore. Um, there, are, there are times that it's like that. Um, but if it's in an artistic decision, Like hmm, I think you'll be better 
doing this role than that role and then this friend of yours is better to do that role yeah. uh, it's it, it happens it happens uh, but you'd really have to talk to them and make sure that they understand why um, and many times uh, they themselves say it you know I think you're yeah you're, you're it's better that you're here than you know unless this person is particularly ambitious <laughs> wants to be in that higher role um, because there are some there are really some who who have their dreams yeah, who have their dreams there uh, but you really have to tell them mm, no I have to tell you no so yeah you win some you lose some <laughs> okay then um, well the next thing that I really would like to know is that do you bring your life to old writings and then like in your like reinterpret them yes um, um. well Many of my productions were my own writing, so it's it's easy enough to change whatever is needs to be changed. Right? But if I had um, a production from a licensed uh, agent or a a company, um, you are you are constrained by copyright laws. You have some wiggle room, right? You have some wiggle room where uh, you can still. Re- um, Uh, interpret a particular play in a different way but you cannot change the songs you cannot change the beat of the songs you cannot change the script or the original intention of the writer or else you'll be in deep trouble they will they will get you into because because many of my shows were under Disney um, or or, or Music Theatre International New York so uh you have to sign a contract with them saying I'm gonna stick to what's on the script right uh, but of course your choice of props your choice of lighting your choice of what's funny and what's funnier uh, still remains uh, your call as a director uh, but everything else it has to be intact yeah. okay so well um, I think as a response to that like to Uh, you have mentioned that perhaps you can change the props, you can change um, everything mm. related, but not mm. to the plot. But um, mm. like for example, if there are stories or there are um, script there which which is not suitable perhaps to be done by high school students, for example, mm. like um, mm. would that be possible for you to change like uh, one of uh, one or two the one or two characters in it or like what? Would, would that be possible? It's possible, but you have to research if they already have a school edition. So there are certain companies who simplify very difficult pieces or who have adult themes in them or very violent themes in them. And they make it more palatable or more uh, adapt. Well, it's adapted uh, to children or to teenagers or basically below 18 or below 17, yeah? uh, minor audience. So there are existing school or junior editions, but if there aren't, you'd have to ask permission from the author. Write an email or whatever. I'm doing this for the school, etc. Uh, but the moment you start charging uh, fees for audience, it's out in the public. You really need to tell the author about it. 
though in Asia, <laughs> there's just so many people who just ignore that. Um, but if you re- really want to be a legally <laughs> uh, safe person, yeah, you'd rather not. You know, you you go through the process. Ask the the author, is it okay or is it not okay? Or maybe he will help you. You see, sometimes that happens. Ah, okay. So. Um... Uh, I think um, I will just go to the next question with sure. I would like to know uh, which one or what is the most memorable production one of the most memorable production that you have done um, as a director uh, yes. well <laughs> it's kind of you know <laughs> this might end up with Well, my my own actors will start watching this this or <laughs> watching this podcast and they say, mm, who, which one? Um, okay, I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. Um, it's it's in those productions where you find because I'm a teacher, right? I'm a, I'm an educator, so it's in those productions where you see students or the actors um, start from here and then become this they they gain self esteem they become more friendly they become you know they become more confident um, they they end up coming back to you after years of of being in your show and still say thank you for what you've done or thank you for getting me into the show because it has changed me it has made me a better person and i think those are the productions that i think are most memorable where the actors i still remember their faces i still remember how how they were when they first came very shy they 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 sing like a bird you know very beep, 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 only like that you know uh, but at the end uh, they're in front of a thousand or two thousand people uh, uh, singing and dancing so those are uh, the productions that i would say until now i, I And then uh, I think I still remember that my sister used to tell me a stories when you are involved in a production as an actor, and then um, she said that um, there's something with the uh, triangle. Uh, what I don't know. I, uh, she was saying that you you were supposed to be dancing on the stage, but um, okay. later on um, on the D day, some, something strange happened, like when the formation is changing into a pyramid or something like. There's um metaphysical experience I think that um you shared to them uh with Oh boy, the, she yes. remembers <laughs> she remembers something I don't really remember now. <laughs> uh well there were a few things well there, there was a, I think it's a mix of stories that came into ah, one story. I see, I see. So, so there was a time that uh yeah there there uh Because we were up for a, if it was metaphysical, something supernatural, then yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, because I ha- there was a time that I wrote st- uh, stories, uh, musicals for religious groups. Um, so um, we had one uh, that was particularly moving. It was uh, it moved a lot of people in the audience and so on. So we felt that there was uh, this uh, presence that was there, not scary. But more reassuring, yeah? <laughs> more reassuring, saying that, uh, telling us that uh, you did well, you 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 had had us there, and and you brought out the message quite well. So 
that was it was no ghost or whatever it was it was more of a you know uh, okay. but yes that's that's how it is yeah and then um before you became a director uh, did you start it as an actor first or you just directly yes. as um yeah oh. yeah well uh, like i did, like i told you uh when i was young um i started off acting and in several productions like king and i um and and others you know uh, original shows um uh, in my home city and uh, the nice thing about it was i was under professional directors i mean directors who really did huge huge productions um in the philippines then so uh, i was lucky to have have that experience and uh yeah i acted uh, been part not just part but also main roles uh, major roles uh, so mostly musicals so, mostly singing yeah. parts if previously you have shared to ask the most memorable production for you as a director but now mm. what is as an actor then? which production where you are casted as the actor <laughs> that well, you would um, consider yeah, so, uh, memorable yeah yes. well there was one uh But no, it was the King and I. I was only 16 or no, wait, I was I was 17 if I'm not mistaken, um, or younger. A- anyway, around there. This was a long time ago, <laughs> a super long time ago. Uh, so uh, I was the Fralock. I, I don't know if you know the King and I, but uh, he, he's this assistant of the assistant of the emperor, right? I And I had to run on the stage. And deliver a warning or a or a message, and instead of bowing this way, because the king and I is about the uh, the Siam, right? So it was still you had to bow to the to the king, right? So I had to run and bow. What happened is I ran and slipped and fell on my hands and my behind, and then I I twirled and bowed <laughs> at the at the emperor, and and his eyes were so. He didn't know how to react <laughs> to what was going on. That was a live show. That was a live show. When I still delivered my lines, and I crawled back out, <laughs> and it was really painful. <laughs> But after the show uh, ended, uh, what was nice was when I came out for the you know they call each and every actor, and then you bow in front. So that was a curtain call. And when it came out, oh, the audience was like, whoa, <laughs> because of that small mistake that I did. They were very supportive. So. I, I still remember that clearly, even though that was like almost 30, 40 years ago. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Wow, I still remember that. Okay, then I think I have come to the very last question then for today. Sure. Um, wow. Okay. Since that, I, I don't know. Um, perhaps this is. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think people nowadays are more exposed to movies rather than to theater and drama. So. Um, If is there any um, what um, is the, is there any particular drama or play or musical that you would suggest um, us the audience or particularly students to watch, which is might be more like I don't know, that they can relate nowadays. Like some things that uh, you should have watched this one, or you should have you should know about this story, for example. Well. If it's something that young kids can relate to, um, 
and it's safe for their viewing. There's all, it's always the Disney shows. It's always the Disney shows. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, Into the Woods, um, Suzical, Mulan, uh, Aladdin. Those are, those are reinterpretations of movies that have come mm-hmm. out. Right. But Into the Woods, I think, was a, a play first. You know. Okay. So, um, those are shows. Those category of shows are, are. I would say um, very good for uh, younger, the younger generation to watch. But if you really want uh, a, an actual theater a performance that was really meant for the theater, you can watch uh, Once on This Island. Once on This Island, the one where your sister was part of because that was really a, we, we showed that a couple of times you know here in Jakarta and and even in Bandung we, we did that so uh, that's a particularly powerful show um, another one uh, but get the school edition the Les Miserables it's a classic it's a classic those are classics Les Miserables Phantom of the Opera um, if you're a dancer Cats would be good Cats would be particularly interesting, um, but for I think if you haven't watched Les Misérables, uh, that's you know you haven't been to theater yet. Okay, <laughs> you you have to watch Les Misérables. But of course, for younger kids, you have to have read the story or at least a summary of it because the whole thing is sung. Is it from beginning mm-hmm. to end? That's two and a half hours of singing. <laughs> so uh, if if yeah, if you get into that, yeah, come in with um, an idea of what the show is all about. Okay, so yeah. I think that will be all, Mr. Jason. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your experience, your insights. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for having me. I hope I was able to uh, share some good stuff for everyone out there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a nice day today. You too. You too. Thank you.